Okay. Let's what you know about that cameo? Ow. <laughs> Make me say ow. <laughs> Drapes at High Flyer take you up to 5.30. Kings Clippers right here on Sacktown Sports 11.40. Jay Ross, Scott Marsh back with game night. You're doing double duty, too, right? You're on the game with the G-Man uh, tonight as hey, well? Hey, just like last night, baby. I'm spinning the block. All right, you good? You, right you, you well rested? You feeling all right? Told you I went to the doctor this morning, man. He said, I'm good. Blood he, pressure, right. <laughs> you got that checkup, that little physical? Yes, sir. You know? Hey, right. I do it every four months, man. I, I'm you know trying what? to stay around for a while. I tell you what, you know, I got to do that, man. That's real talk right really, there. I, hey, I really got to you know do what? that. Us as brothers, man, we got to go to the doctor. You got to get it checked. You know what? I, I'm going to make an appointment. I appreciate yes, that. Yes, sir. Because, you know, ever since COVID, it's like going to the doctor has been, like, hard to get appointments and, you know, especially moving out here and everything, trying to find the right doctor. And so I'm going to do that, man. I appreciate hey, that. Hey, you, you really need to, man, because, you know, it's things that can be lingering that you won't even know what's going on. You know, I got a story I can tell you. I'm going to tell, tell, tell it to you off, off air. Off air, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Scared me to death. Really? It scared me to death. Okay. And I went to the doctor the very next day. And believe me, I get checked. Come on, we work for the NBA. Yep. We got very good health coverage. Yep. I'm going every four months. Every four months. Every every four months they see me. Okay. All right. And my, and my doctor's like, uh, Mr. Turner, you are the most healthiest client I have. I can see you maybe twice a year, maybe a year. I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no. no. I work for the league, bro. You see me every four months. Four months. Yeah, because if, if you find something in me, I want you to catch it early. Early. Yeah, you don't want to be early. like, oh, man, we caught it late. And then, no, nah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know who uh, caught some things yesterday? Warriors caught some bodies. That's right. <laughs> King, King, Kings laid them out. I'm telling you, Kings laid them out last night. And my guy, De'Aaron Fox, I started the show off. He was the best player on the floor last night. And here's the thing that frustrates me the most. We get to see De'Aaron Fox every single night. On a nightly, right. Sometimes the shot won't fall. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go 9-17 to 17 from the free throw line. Ooh. That happens. Ooh, that happens. That hurt, though. But one thing we know about De'Aaron, he impacts the game more than the box score. Oh, no doubt. And so, in my eyes, knowing what he does for this team night in and night out, knowing the big moments he's had, he stood toe-to-toe, face-to-face with Steph Curry and outplayed Steph Curry. His team got the win in a game that meant something. Mm -hmm. You would think the narrative around him would be MVP candidate. Look at what he's doing with the Sacramento Kings, 10 and 6. Right. One of the top teams in the Western Conference. But no high fly. I agree with He's you. still not getting the love out there nationally. And why? You tell me. Well, I don't. You from I, you, you, you didn't live in Sacramento. You hey, from North NorCal. You've been around. I, I'm with you. I I I I don't understand why that he don't get the love that he truly deserves. You know, I honestly felt like he should have been in on the All-Star last year. I'm like, De'Aaron should have made it, right? But then all of a sudden, he didn't make it. He got put in. I'm like, okay, rightfully so, so that they, they write it, they're wrong. Okay. He's in there. <clears throat> he went there, showed up, showed out, did what he's supposed to do, and then he took this team to the playoffs. Right. Then he took the champs to seven. I'm like, y'all better recognize greatness when you see it. And it seems like they still don't want to give this dude his props. But I'm with D, and I know he's not going to stop. I'm like, you know what? If they don't want to open the door, what you have to do, 
you have to knock it in. You have to kick the dough in. So keep beating the Golden State Warriors, all right? Keep going up against all these so-called top guards. You walk into Minnesota. They love Ant-Man. You walk into Minnesota. You give him the business on his home floor where they just went 7-0. That was on ESPN, nationally televised game. And you come home and get on TNT and give Steph Curry the business. You keep showing the national NBA audience who you are until you kick that door in. And here's the thing. He just doesn't do it offensively. Mike Brown said it yesterday after the game. He talked about De'Aaron Fox, the two-way player. Let's hear from the coach on his star point guard. I got to mention that that, uh, De'Aaron Fox, what a game. And I say what a game from the standpoint that not only are we asking him to score, okay, we're asking him to score, push the pace, get guys involved, make plays for yourself and for others. We're asking him to do that at a high level. But if you want the definition of a two-way player, you look at that second half tonight, and he went from guarding Clay Thompson to Steph Curry, back to Clay Thompson to Steph Curry, guarded Draymond a little bit. I mean, he was all over the place defensively. That's the definition of a two-way player. Put him in Webster's. There you go, high flyer. And in case y'all don't know what Webster's is, that's the dictionary. Oh, yeah. These young- <laughs> <laughs> You're right about it. These young kids might not yeah, know, huh? Yeah, that's the dictionary. That's, that's a book. <laughs> Do you agree with Mike Brown? Yeah. Two-way player. You know, watching him last night, you have to. You know, he went from point guard to two guard to small forward to power forward. And then I told you, down in the post wrestling with Sarge. Sarge only plays one position for the Golden right. State Warriors. Yep. That's the five. He was down in the post tussling with him. Man, I saluted the brother after the game. I'm like, you know what? You wanted to win this game. It's apparent you see it. He wanted to win. And the thing about De'Aaron, and we saw it when he, uh, in college when he uh, went against uh, UCLA and Lonzo back in the day. He lit him up. Mm-hmm. Lit him up. Now De'Aaron gets up. For that mono, he's a he's a dog, dude. He had when he sees Steph, when he sees Ant Man, he gets up for him. Didn't I tell you, bro? You told me that. You told, told me that. that. And you know what? And Steph feels the same way because he gets up for De'Aaron. That's where you know you get your respect. When the other All Stars like, oh no 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 no, bro, you about to see, you about to get all this smoke because I respect you that much, but I, because I know what you're capable of yes. doing. So I'm I'm with that. But as as far as De'Aaron, man, I love what he did. Like I said, it, the only thing if I had to nitpick, I'm like, come on, D, we got to, we 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 got to lock in at that free throw line. Mm, yeah. Because think about it, if not just De'Aaron, the whole team would have locked in at the free throw line. Yes. Uh, they would have made our heart uh, populations a little bit better by the third quarter because we wouldn't have been down that big. Twenty-seven of forty-two. From the free throw line last night, the Sacramento hey, Kings. You got to shoot better. You got to shoot you better. You got to shoot better. They won that game in spite of their free throw in shooting. In spite of the free throw shooting. If they would have shot the free throw better, I mean, the the, the game would have been won probably in the beginning of the fourth. Yeah. And You're it would have right. been a much tighter game. You're right. Sacramento, we want to hear from you. 916 339 1140. Let's get to the phone lines right now. Our guy AC is on line one. AC, you're on with Drapes in the High Flyer. What's happening, man? 
you guys are having too much fun working with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, right? You know what I mean? It, it, it beats uh, digging ditches, that's for sure. Hey, we are having fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I called in yesterday and told you it'd be a big game, and, and I've been sick this week. But you know the best thing about being sick? I got to bask all day long in Sports 1140 talk about the game last night. <laughs> but nice. um, the, the, the thing I don't like about Draymond, I just got to say this, is, you know, there was a day when – Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman were wrestling on the ground, literally. And then they would both pop up and start running down the court. They didn't, like, get mad at each other or anything. They knew that it was competition. That's what I don't like about Draymond Green. He's a bad sport, and he's putting out a bad example for people out there. I just got to say that. Anyway. All right, thanks AC, so thanks for the call. What do you think about that high fly? Keep it real, bro. You know, you all, you know, rolling hey. eyes and everything. Tell me what hey. you really feel hey. about it. You, you know what? I played with both of those guys. Yep. You know, and back then it was it was it was a much more physical game. You know, we talked about it with Mitch Richmond. It was like, oh yeah, we used to touch guys up. You know, coming down through that middle, uh, you know, you can right your wrong. You know, <laughs> no, no, no doubt. And you know, I was the type of player that I would do this, KD. If I had a guy that was all over me, first thing I would do was I would go to the referee and say, "Hey, ref, look, get him off me." And if the ref didn't get him off me, I'll go to him and say, "Okay, ref." If you're not going to get him off me, I'm going to get him off me. And if he didn't make a call, oh, yeah, believe me, I got him up off me. With a little elbow or something like that? Hey, you, it's it's, it's, it's going to be something. It's, <laughs> it's going to be something. But I'm going to get him Do you miss that part of the game? Oh, my God. That, that physicality you, you, that. You have no idea. Nothing. Nothing gets my skin boiling and getting my, I mean, my blood boiling, <laughs> like being out there on the floor competing, man. I told you, it's nothing that we can do yeah. that's going to give us that exact same high. Yeah. Let's get to a Steve right now. Steve has been hanging on. Steve, you're on with Drapes, a high flyer. What's happening? Uh, you want to talk about getting something blood boiling? Let me tell you, and this is uh, some advice for your listeners, if they want to control their high blood pressure, stay away from putting up Christmas lights. It is the worst freaking thing you can do. But that's just my PSA for today. But you guys were talking about uh, uh, physical exams and things like that. So I'm wondering, if, if, does the NBA offer you guys uh, the ability to get, uh, and not to turn this into a medical show, you're not Dean Adele, but I'm just wondering, do they offer you the ability to get MRIs to screen for things like early you know, pancreatic cancer and things like that? Because uh, – you know, the average Joe can't get that, but I'm wondering if they really will allow you guys to do that, to pick up those types of things. Because by the time you pick up pancreatic cancer, it's too late, you know, in terms of symptoms. you got to screen for it with these other kinds of tests. I'm just wondering. It just piqued my, my curiosity. Okay. Nah, Steve, they don't, right? Like, I, I don't know. High Flyer might be in a different category than me. You know, it just it just depends upon – yeah, I am. Because okay. I, I, get, I, I get medical through the Players Association also. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. See, the former player. Yeah, you're yeah. For, yeah. You know, it just, it just depends upon uh, what you need. Because basically, you go to the doctor, you get screened or whatever, and, and if they diagnose something, and then they take it to the next level. So, yeah, we are covered. But you're a former player. True, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, y'all got that good health insurance. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, put, I, I put it out there on the hardwood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You put in the work to earn yeah, that. You're right yeah. about that. Hey, we got much more with the High Flyer coming up. Coming up in about 15 minutes, our guy Jim Jackson is going to join us. He's going to help us preview this matchup with the Clippers tonight. You can also see him on TNT as well and CBS. We'll get his thoughts on the Sacramento Kings. Plus, we'll continue to take your calls. 916-339-1140. You're on with Drake. And the high flyer here on Sacktown Sports 1140. 
Back here on Sacktown Sports, 1140 Drapes in the High Flyer. Appreciate you guys tuning in, driving home, driving to the game on the YouTube channel. You can also text us, 916-339-1140. Mike on the YouTube chat says, you two are great for 1140. Turner, keep up the good work with Drapes, man. We are all this week together, bro. All this week, man, I get to hang out with my man. That's all I'm doing. I'm just hanging. That's all. It's just two guys hanging out, right? Exactly. Talking sports. Hey, you and Whitey drive the car. I'm just sitting in the backseat, dog. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the money at in the backseat, though. I I ain't your butler or your, your chauffeur, though, bro. You ain't going to drive Miss Daisy? Uh, I, I'm your point guard. How about that? Can oh, I get that? Yes, I'm the point yes. guard lobbing yes. it up hey, for you like hey, that. Hey, you throw, can throw it down. Hey, throw the alley-oop, baby. I'm going to grab it. You got it. I'm going to grab it. it. <laughs> 124, 123, your final last night. Continuing to, as our last caller said, bask in the glow, the glory of the Sacramento Kings win over the Golden State Warriors. I want to continue this conversation about De'Aaron Fox because we're seeing the elevation of him, the evolution of of De'Aaron Fox, and to my eyes, an MVP candidate. I looked at NBA.com. You know, they do this MVP tracker, mm-hmm. and De'Aaron's not even listed, really. They got the top ten guys. Hold on, high five. Let me run this down for you. <laughs> See, now you're Here's trying, their top. I, I know. You, but, you're trying to bring down my high, man. No, man, ahead, I'm, try, I'm trying to get that blood pressure go, go up ahead. a little bit. I, I see that, and I, <laughs> I just came from the doctor, dog. I was doing good. The MV, <laughs> NBA MVP ladder. And my question is, where's De'Aaron Fox? Number one, Jokic. Okay. He's a champ. I give it to him. Luka, number two. I hate that. I, exactly. Embiid, number three. You know what? Okay. M- MVP. M- M- he's an MVP. Right. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, number four. I like Shea. Yes. I like Shea. Shea is doing some big things down there, man, but they give Shea more love than they give De'Aaron. That's and I'm what like, I'm why? saying. That's what I'm, I'm talking like, why? about. They are basically two of the same. When you talk about two young point guards that's holding their own and bringing their organization up, they're doing the exact same thing. You're going to get even more mad here in a minute. Jason Tatum at five. Tatum's that dude. Yes. He's that dude. Yes, no doubt. No, no arguing. No there, doubt. Right? None. Anthony Edwards at six. I like what A.E. does, but once again, like – like um, like Shay, he's another one, another young guard that's putting his team on his back and elevating his organization. Anthony, Shay, De'Aaron, in the same boat. Here's where you're going to get upset, though. And we love this guy. Tyrese Halliburton is number seven on the NBA.com MVP tracker right now. And you know that why? You know what? And I love. I, I love. We Reed. love Tyree. Won't ever hate on exactly. Reed. Never, never. I love to do. But the only reason why he's getting that love is in the East. The West is a beast, right? The West is a whole nother monster. But he is getting and and and, and, and let's let's not get it twisted. Tyree's putting in work. He's doing. He's doing. He's great. He's putting in mad work. Yes, but. He's not over those three that we just talked about. No, I, I agree 100% with you. Let me continue this list because I'm going to let you know when we get to De'Aaron Fox. Number eight, Kevin Durant. KD gets it because he's KD. It's bro. KD. All right. You know what? Because I'll tell you this. Yeah. I'm definitely on the boat of out with the old in with the new. You ready for the new new guard? I'm ready for the – I know. I'm ready for the new 
the 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 new crew of stars in the NBA taking over. You know what? Steph is coming to an end. He, he my man. He's still right. playing. LeBron is coming to an end. KD is coming to an yeah. end. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, Russell Westbrook, all of oh, those right. guys that have been running the league for years. By the time it's starting to catch up, it's time for the Shays. It's time for the De'Aaron's. The Anthony Edwards. Yeah, the Anthony Edwards, the Halliburton. It's time for those guys. What about Giannis at nine? I think he's a little underrated. Underrated, right? Ooh. Let me keep going here because I'm trying to make a point. You know what, though? Greek Freak needs to be there. No, he got uh, it. LeBron at 10. For what he's done for the NBA, I'm not going to hate on the Kings. Now, that's the top 10. They got the others. The others. Right. Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey, De'Aaron Fox, oh, wait, 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 wait. We're going to stop at Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. This is what I'm talking about, though. Here we go. Anthony Davis is a hell of a player. We'll, yeah, give, yeah. we'll give him that. Yeah. Anthony Davis went engaged. Anthony Davis, when healthy, Anthony Davis, when his mind is right, is unstoppable in the NBA. But this cat, number one, can't stay healthy. Number two, won't stay engaged. I'm like, there's no way you put Anthony Davis on that list, bro. He hasn't gotten it done. He has a championship. I will give you that. Yeah. But he's playing with the king. He's playing with LeBron. Right, but that's 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 what upsets me as, as a Kings uh, employee, broadcaster, fan. It's like we know AD is great when healthy and when he's played and engaged, but to put De'Aaron Fox in the others category, with Tyrese Maxey is listed as another. Max balling though, right? He's balling, but come on, man, come on. He ain't even the best player on hey, this team. Like I said, I'm on the the, the mind frame of. Out with the old, in with the new. So a couple of those cats on that list, them old cats, get them oh, out man. of here. Huh? Get, yeah. get them out of here. Yeah, yeah. We, we we on to the next realm of superstars because they deserve it. What does De'Aaron Fox need to do to get more love nationally in these kind of voting? KD, he can't do anything more, dude. Right. He got clutch player of the year. The dude had more fourth quarter points than anybody in the league. He broke a 16-year drought for the playoffs. I mean, what else could this dude bring? A partridge in a pear tree? I mean, come on. What else you going to want this dude to do? And, and, and to De'Aaron's uh, credit, he's not one of those dudes out there politicking right. for these awards he's or not. anything like that. In fact, he sat down with Mark Spears of Anscape. Check it out, Anscape.com. A great article, a great Q&A. Mark asked him, is the NBA Most Valuable Player Award a goal for you? Fox said, quote, I want to continue to play at a high level. If I win it, cool. If I don't, I mean, that's fine. I never just sat here and said I want to win MVP. But I feel like it's a real possibility. But I have to be at a high level more often than at a good level. I want to be great in this league. That's De'Aaron Fox's word. If he wins it, cool. He wants to, yes. But it's not something that that drives him or motivates him. He later on went on to say he's trying to bring a, sac- a, a title here to Sacramento. That's, That's his motivation. There we are right. right now. Now you didn't rung my bell. I'm with that. You know what? I look at it like this. A championship needs to be more important than MVP. MVP. You know, Joel Embiid got MVP. 
He didn't he get no championship. <laughs> okay, MVP is a great honor. You know, I have never been even close. Haven't even sniffed it, so I can't even talk about it. But I can't talk about this, the meaningful uh, impact of MVP or champion. When you get that ring, man, that's the end-all, be-all. It's been great players that have come through this league that have been MVP, multi-time All-Stars, but they still have not gotten a championship. So for De'Aaron to have his mindset on, hey, you know what? Yeah, MVP, I'm pretty sure I can I can go out there and try to get that. You know, he's in a league to where right. he runs a basketball team. He's the head of the snake. He can play to say, you know what, I want to be MVP and try to go out there and get it. But that don't constitute that MVP is not going to it's not going to constitute a championship. You know, we're going to see a player out there tonight, James Harden. He got MVP. Yes, he ain't got no chip though. Far from it. Russell Westbrook. Another he got one. MVP. Another one. He ain't got no chip though. First ballot Hall of Famers, both of them. Both of them don't have a chip. Don't have a chip. So you know. Uh, at the end-all, be-all, if you want to be in that Pantheon conversation, yeah. you know, if you don't have a championship. You got to have that, right? You can't be in a conversation. A- a- ain't no top 10 players, top 20 players without a championship. Man, let me tell you this. When the Dream Team was first assembled, yeah, the boys played over in Spain. They were in Barcelona. I was playing in Madrid at that time. So I went down to Barcelona and watched them. I knew Chris Mullen. We was kind of cool or whatever. Yeah. Michael... Magic and Bird was having a conversation on the back of the bus. He, Chris Mullen told me this. They had, a, they had a conversation on the back of the bus. Had it going. Charles Barkley, who was considered the best player at that time on the Dream Team because he was killing it. Yep. He tried to come in and talk in the conversation. <laughs> they turned around and said, hey, hey, hey. Matter of fact, you need to get up and go to the front of the bus if you ain't got a championship, you can't even They join. put him at the kids' table? You can't even join this conversation. Wow. And that's Charles Barkley, first Char- ballot Hall of Famer. Charles Barkley. Magic, Michael, and Bird was like, if you don't have a championship, you can't even, can't even come to this conversation, man. <laughs> Go sit over there. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we're going to continue this conversation. Coming up next, our special guest, Jim Jackson, the former Sacramento King. He's going to be joining me, Drapes, and the High Flyer. You're listening to The Drive Guys here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Back here on The Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports 1140, Drapes, and the High Flyer here. Shout out to Selena. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Just dropped the brown paper bag, got the lunch going on, man. Now we're feeling good. And we got to give shouts out to you, too, dog. You made that happen. I like that, KD. You know how it is. You taking care of your brother. You know, we got a little P-Funk going on. What you yeah, know about that, you, man? come on, man. We come on funk, now. Baby. We want the funk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, we getting you ready for Kings Clippers here inside Golden One Center. It's my honor to welcome in the 14-year NBA vet, former Sacramento King, Ohio State's finest. You can find him on the Clippers TV broadcast, CBS, TNT, our guy Jim Jackson. Jim, you're on with Drape and the High Flyer. How you doing, man? I'm good, fellas. I'm good. How you doing? Man, hanging in here, bro. Good, man. Hey, you're not uh we're not interrupting your nap. I know you're getting ready for the night's game and everything. A big game here inside Golden One Center. How you feeling about tonight? You know what, man, after that game last night, I mean it was bananas and I could feel the energy through the T V in the building. <laughs> um 
you know, it's such an emotional type of game, especially for Sacramento to finally kind of get over the hump to beat Golden State, a team that's kind of been a pain in their side, so to speak. So, you know, to get, to muster up that mental energy to come right back against a team with the Clippers who, you know, came off a disappointing loss against – or coming off a disappointing loss against Denver. It's going to be interesting to see what the vibe is like the first three to five minutes of this game, man. I mean, J.J., you've been here, bro. You know, you've been a king. You've been in this city. You know, you, you've seen what's going on over there at Arcor Arena. And now we're here in the G1, and, you know, we got the new team. We got the beam and all these other things, man. Tell us what you think about the difference in, you know, what's going on compared to where you was at when we were here playing. Well, I mean, with Arco, it was just, I mean, one of the best experiences I've had playing basketball for a couple of different reasons. One, of course, the atmosphere was there. You know, it wasn't always like that with Sacramento, but Sacramento has always had some great basketball fans, even through the lean times, you know, in the 80s and early 90s with, you know, Mitch Richmond, Bobby Hurley, those crew back in the day. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed so much of my time because of the respect that, you know, the fans had for the game and the team and, and of course, the roster during the time when I was here with C-Webb and Vladi and Mike and Bobby and Paige and that whole crew was just a special time. Now, you kind of look at this Kings team, it took some time for them to figure the right chemistry, the right personnel, more importantly, the right coach. And Mike Brown has been through a lot. You know, he's grown since his days in Cleveland, even in L.A., and being assistant with Sacramento, I mean, um, San Antonio and Golden State. And it's all come together, and I'm happy for him. I, I really am. I mean, the timing is perfect. The, rock, the, the roster construction fits what Mike Brown wants to do. And, you know, more importantly, man, the, your superstars, they're low maintenance, which, make, which makes it a lot easier for a coach to kind of implement the kind of system that he has. And now the rest of the, uh, the troops just follow in line. Jim Jackson, you can catch him on the Clippers broadcast getting ready for tonight's matchup between the Kings and the Clippers. J.J., when you look at the Western Conference, I looked at it, and I looked at some of the names and some of the teams. It's about 11 or 12 teams that can all make the playoffs. Somebody with a big name is going to be left out. Where do you see the Kings and how they stack up with, let's say, you guys, Lakers, Warriors, some of the other teams in the Western Conference? I mean, they're right there. They proved that last year. Now, the important part, like with any team, I don't care who it is, guys, you've been around enough to know this. And Sacramento, Sacramento was uh, kind of the poster child last year of being healthy. I mean, you got eight rotational players playing over 70-plus games. That allows you to have a continuity that a lot of teams don't have. And when you have health along with, you know, a talented roster with a good staff, you're going to have a chance to compete at a high level. And that's the key with any of the teams, you know, in the Western Conference, Eastern Conferences. Can you finish the season whole? Can you go through the dog days of the season where your roster is not impacted by major injuries? And the early season is so important in regards to how you win games when you're supposed to. Like, you know, last night was a big game. You, you know, um, the Clippers have found themselves in situations where they drop some games, we drop some games that we probably should have won that hopefully don't come back to hurt us later on. 
So so many different dynamics and factors that go into it, but health is a big cause of that. I mean, a big reason why teams are successful or not. But Sacramento, you know, Denver, Clippers, OKC, uh, Phoenix, you know, all these teams have a shot. It's just a matter of who can come out, I think, health once we get around to April. Now, J.J., back when I was in the league, you were down in Dallas with Jake Kidd and Mash, and you guys were probably like one of the first big threes out there, you know, really trying to have to figure it out how all three of you guys were going to just play with one ball, and you guys figured that out. Now, seeing that you guys got four, four first ballot Hall of Famers, man, how is it, you know, how is it going to where they're going to be able to figure out and get and keep all these guys healthy? That's a great question. But, you know, it depends on where you're at in your career. You saw it happen with them, I mean, with uh, Boston, with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Now, they were at a different part of their career. You know, a little bit older. They were settled in. They knew who they were. They accomplished everything they wanted. Uh, so they were able to figure out how to work things out. Now, the difference being their talents didn't overlap, meaning – they all played a different position, which allowed them to kind of coordinate a lot better. The challenge you have with situation is you have four players who pretty much need the ball in their hands to be really effective. And that's a challenge from a coaching perspective on how you institute plays, how you get guys to their spots, how you get the number of shots. So it's not as easy a transition. But I'll say this, that if the bottom line is winning games, and winning a championship or, or ultimately competing for one, those egos have to be left to the side, and you do have to sacrifice because the biggest thing is, guys, you know this, the sacrifice is worth it in the end if the reward is getting to a finals and ultimately winning, and everybody benefits from that. So I, I think we're starting to see a little bit at the beginning, it's tough trying to figure out how guys fit into this puzzle. You know, James needs the ball, Kawhi, Paul, and then Russ. But I, I do believe that with, with Coach Ty Loop, they really buy into what he's preaching and selling. They can be successful, but it takes time, man. It's not easy. It, it's, it's really not easy. And we haven't seen a team that come together, you know, mid I mean, early in the season or with this kind of change that have, have won a championship. Some have went, of course, Miami in their first year. But it does take time. Right. Jim Jackson joining us. You can catch him on the Clippers TV broadcast tonight. Clippers against Sacramento. I want to stick right there, JJ, because you had the Harden trade. Russ decides Mm -hmm. to come off the bench. And when you look at the narrative out there, it seems like some people are taking glee in the Clippers' struggles since the trade. What's the vibe like inside the organization? Is there a level of patience with what's going on? Because you you know, JJ – Guys are up after this season, too. Do they feel a sense of urgency that it has to work this year? For a number of different reasons, even without the hardened trade, I think that was a really prevalent idea because you're moving into a new arena. You have some contracts with the big three with Russ and and PG and Kawhi. You haven't been able to accomplish as much as you wanted to over the years outside of a Western Conference Finals uh, back a few years ago uh, because of so there are, there are a lot of factors. Now, now, the outside noise, I think it has a lot to do with 
Harden himself and what he brings right. to the table, whether that's good or bad. You know, if, maybe if it was another superstar that wasn't James Harden, maybe you wouldn't get the same kind of vitriol a little bit that people were, are, are throwing around now. But that comes with the territory. When you've been through what James Harden has been through, good or bad, I thought he did an excellent job when he was in Brooklyn in regards to um, assume a different kind of role and playing point guard. But then again, with the Houston um, situation when he forced his way out and then with Philly, it kind of negates what he did well and the sacrifices he made in Brooklyn. So when you bring him to a Clippers team that has struggled with an identity of health issues and guys not playing on the perception side, it's tough. But internally, I would say that there's a belief system that these guys can work together and get something done special. And they do have patience. They understood, too, that being professionals and Lawrence Frank and Mark Hughes and even the coaching staff understood that just because you plug Harden, it doesn't mean that automatically all things are going to be solved because you create some other kind of issues that you have to deal with because of those dynamics of those personalities and the way they play. So it's not as simple. But at the same time, that's what uh, you know. Everybody gets paid the big bucks for to try to figure it out. Right. <laughs> so JJ, you know, Katie and I were sitting up here and we were talking about uh, the MVP race, and you know, we were we were trying to figure out, you know, why De'Aaron Fox don't get the looks that he should get. But I want to ask you back in your day because you was close, and uh, you know, as far as being one of those guys who would even be considered an MVP run, what would be more important to you to win MVP? Or to win a championship. See, that's a that's a question, and and the reason why is because championship is the ultimate goal. It depends on where you're at in your career and who you are. Okay, so if you ask some people, it's I want to win a championship, but I do want an MVP. For me, it's winning a championship because it's the ultimate team award. And I think you'll get if you're the best player on the team, an MVP type of season will matriculate itself automatically. I think it comes with the territory. We saw that a little bit more. Now, it's been outliers, of course, that haven't been able to win the championship to get Joel Embiid, for an example, last year. But, I mean, it's, it's funny. When you, when you take this, this poll, the, the, the right answer is going to be championship, you know? But it depends on where a player – if you ask a player that's already gotten a championship that hasn't had MVP – maybe it's used towards an MVP because that's something they haven't gotten. You know, for me, you get your legacy by winning a championship. You can walk in different rooms by getting that ring. Now, you know, people say, well, you can't do anything with the ring, but they're wrong. But at the same time, you're in elite company because there's only one team that's able to win that each and every year. And you're with a special group when that happens, especially when you forge a relationship with a team and you can always relive those moments. When you get an MVP, you relive the moment, but that's an individual accomplishment. When you get a championship and win a championship, you can celebrate that with your teammates forever. Jim Jackson joining us. Catch him tonight on the Clippers broadcast. You also catch him on CBS and TNT. JJ, I'm, I'm going to let you get out of here with this. And this is a personal question for me. This is just for me. I grew up watching you. I was a big Ohio State fan. I love Jim Jackson, but I also like Calvert Chaney at Indiana. Tell me about tell, hey hey Calvert Cheney was my guy man. Tell me about those head-to-head matchups, those duels back in the day. 
And I hate it. I hate it chasing Calvin off all them screens, man, in Indiana, <laughs> man. I swear to God. You know, it, it's funny because in college, you know, it's a big Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, but Indiana was our rival. It wasn't Michigan at the time. They had five fights in the beating us in the Elite Eight, but our challenge was always Bobby Knight and uh, and uh, Indiana. So those battles and, – and think about this. It was at the time Calvert came in, Calvert wasn't the most highly recruited out of that freshman class. Chris Reynolds, uh, Lawrence Frunderberg was in that class. Yeah. Uh, so Calvert was like the third or fourth guy. But he ended up being the best out of all of them uh, because of his size, sneaky athletic, left-handed. It was man, he was a battle every night. But it, it made me, it forced me to work on my game and be better each and every game because of what he brought to the table. And you and guys, you know this. You love competition, man. Come on. You love you love to have that cap- <laughs> that type of competition. Especially going against Indiana, a national brand. Man, we loved yeah. every minute of it. Hey, man, appreciate you jumping on with us. We'll see you out here at the arena. Jim Jackson, former Sacramento King. People forget he played on, hey, his Kings team, they were pretty hey, good. Hey, let me tell they you. They were pretty good. Hey, hey, let me tell you. And you talk about having that dog on the team. J.J. was the dog? J.J. was the dog, bro. See, there, there it is right there. <laughs> Jim, man, hey, bro, thank you so much, man. We'll see you later on, here man. at the Take arena, time, man. Brother. Enjoy the game, too. All right. Uh, uh, all right, baby. Our guy Jim Jackson is joining us here on the Drive Guys. Drapes and High Flyer. Get back to your calls. 916-339-1140. High Flyer, I'm going to ask the people and you, now that the group stage is over, how much of a fan of the end-season tournament are you? Okay. I want your answer when we come back right. here. The Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Fox now drives, gets into the paint, squares up, draws the foul, scores the basket. The first time since the early minutes of the ball game when the Kings led 8-7. to seven. They are on top, 111-110, 24 points now for Fox. Your flagship station for the beam team, Sacktown Sports. Yes, sir. Shout out to Jim Jackson joining the drive, guys. Last segment, Drapes and High Flyer here with you till 530, taking you up to game night as the Sacramento Kings, not even 24 hours removed from beating the Warriors here inside G1C. They got to get right back at it. Against the Clippers team, High Flyer, that's they're still trying to find their way, but they got some names on the back of their jerseys. Ooh, some big names, too. I mean, you know, I, I said it early on. They got Four future Hall of Famers. All four of those guys will be in the Hall of Fame. You know, so when you talk about firepower and you look at it on paper, man, they big. They they big. It's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, the injury report is out. No Keegan Murray once again, so he's going to be out tonight. No Alex Lind. Uh, you know, it's interesting. He practiced fully on Monday, but still not ready for game action just yet. That's the one thing that bothers me. Mm. Because he did get out there and did give it a go. Right. But he still had pain. Still had pain. Yeah, that 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 that, that throws up a red flag for me. You know, and I know it's one of those things where they're not going to bring him back until he's fully healthy. But that let me know that that injury is a little bit more than just a little tweak. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on him and uh, maybe try and track down some more information on his timetable. Uh, I do want to talk about the in-season tournament as a whole because – the Kings brought it. Perfect 4-0, mm-hmm. winning Group C in the West. 
Now they advance to face the Pelicans on Monday here inside Golden One Center. From what you thought before the tournament, High Flyer, to what you think now, what's your view on the in-season tournament? I like it. You know, everything was up in the air when they first came out with it because we didn't know how it was going to be, how it was going to be played, how it was going to, you know, be uh, encompassed in the schedule. All of those things were up in the air. I mean, they they was making it up as they went along. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I do like is that it brings some meaning to these games early on. You know, old school basketball, everybody will tell you, well, the NBA don't have good basketball until after the All-Star break. You you don't see good basketball until after the All-Star break. You know, but now with this in-season tournament, think about it. That game last night was like game seven. Yes, yes. Game seven. So it brings that type of atmosphere only 16 games in. And the Kings are advancing. Jay, we got that De'Aaron Fox sound on the in-season tournament. You know, the players, obviously, they want to go to Vegas. They're buying for $500,000 if they win the tournament. Here's what De'Aaron said after last night's game. I think the in-season tournament has done, I feel like it's done great. I feel like it's done wonders. Uh, you feel like you're playing significant games whenever there's an in-season tournament game. And obviously, they were trying to win by a certain amount of points so that they could advance as well. So, um, I think it's done nothing but good things. Uh, obviously, you know, we want to get to Vegas and be able to be one of those first teams uh, to advance to a Final Four of the in-season tournament. So I'm extremely interested to see how that would play out. You think it's here to stay? You think if you're Adam Silver and the way you draw, drew it up, dialed it up, you couldn't be more happier? I mean, the games have been great, you know, dude. Up until now, yes. But you still have to go to Vegas and play those games and then, you know, evaluate how everything plays out. But up until now, I think it's been a huge success. You know, the the, the only thing that I wish that they would change is if, you know, the Kings go and they get that half a mil, maybe a little bit trickle down to the right. feeding staff or something, you know. You know what, hey, bro? Hey, I got a couple things I can find. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's my biggest gripe with the NBA. Player salaries skyrocketed. Hey, broadcaster salaries. I don't know, man. Hey. I think we we flattened out. Hey, I'm like, bro. I need know, some of that CBA money. You, you know, uh, hook up your uncle, man. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna have to go down there and holler at D. Say, D, hook up your uncle, babe. What's happening? <laughs> hey, watching you guys on the YouTube chat, Sacktown Sports 11:40. Manny Too Legit wants to know, High Flyer, how confident are you that the Kings will bounce back, back-to-back wins tonight? Considering we haven't won a back-to-back game just yet. I'm confident because we're here. They're back home. Both of our back-to-backs have been on the road. Mm. You know, that was a hell of a game last night. Took a lot out of the guys. But you're at home. You go home. You sleep on your own bed. You get up the next morning. You know, you got your breakfast. You're at home. You're doing whatever you have to do with the kids. You're relaxing. You know, you're in comfort mode. You're on your home floor. Coach Brown wants to make this place dominant for the Sacramento Kings. This team is definitely focused on that, so I'm pretty confident for tonight. You're confident for tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling good as well. We will continue to preview this game. We'll take your calls, 916-339-1140 as well. Coming up at the top of the hour, I'm going to reset. Did the Kings break the Golden State Warriors last night? He likes it. I I love it, dude. I love it. Because you know why? Let me keep it real. 
Because Warrior fans at home right now, they listening. They like, every time I say that, it's like a knife in the back to him. KD, I seen this dude on Instagram, man. I was coming up. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and he really sounded like he was crying. <laughs> I mean, he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's the travesty. I'm like, somebody get his brother a hug. Man, I mean, he's a, at the end of the day, bro, it's basketball. Come on, man. It, it's basketball. It's just a game. But I tell you what, I got a text last night around 11-something from Bonte Hill. Bonte does the Warriors pre and post game for NBC. He has a radio show in the morning. I'm going to tell you that text. I'm not going to betray his confidence here. I'm going to tell you what he texted me last night. This is the biggest Warriors guy out there. He goes to sleep with his Warriors underoos, his onesie, and everything on. That might be the cat I'm talking about on Instagram. He was walking to work. Walking in the rain, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's him. I text back. I say, man, this kid need a hug. He need a hug. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to tell you what he said to me. That coming up. Plus, we'll get you ready for tonight's game. And did the Kings, I'll say it again, break the Warriors last night here inside Golden One Center. You're listening to The Drive, guys. It's Drapes and High Flyer on Sacktown Sports 1140.